Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on this Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Thanksgiving Eve. And joining us now for a special edition of Fridays with Phil is our Patriots insider, Phil Perry, getting us ready for Pats and Vikings coming up tomorrow night. Phil, how are you on a Wednesday? I'm doing great, Brady. Looking forward to the holiday. Looking forward to a little football. I think uh, I think the, the most interesting games of the weekend all might be happening on Thursday. So it should be a good day. Yeah, it should be a good day. It'll be an interesting night for the Patriots. And it's, it is it is interesting because on paper, you look at the records, you think that the Vikings should win this game pretty easily. You look at fantasy football output and you think the Vikings should win this game easily. But I know you're thinking, at least, this game could be pretty close and pretty exciting for the Pats. I do think it's going to be a close game, Brady. I think the Vikings could have a really difficult time scoring. I just I look at what happened in that Cowboys game, and I look at this Patriots defense, and I say, oh, why can't the Patriots do some of the things that the Cowboys did? Now, the Patriots don't have a Mar- Micah Parsons type at pass rusher, but they've got somebody who is pretty dang close, in my opinion, in Matthew Judon. And Judon's production speaks for itself, 13 and a half sacks. Uh, the, the Vikings just are having a heck of a time protecting Kirk Cousins consistently, especially when they are without arguably their best offensive lineman. He's really arguably the best left tackle in football right now, surprisingly enough, according to Pro Football Focus. It's Christian Darrisaw. He's dealing with a concussion. He will be out for this game. And so I'd anticipate Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, they will have a plan to take advantage of these protection schemes that the Vikings are going to try to put together this week in order to account for the loss that they have at left tackle. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to keep Kirk Cousins off his back. And so to me, this is going to be a game where both teams are really trying to run the football uh, and keep it a a low-scoring defensive struggle type of game. And uh, I think the Patriots' defense is better than the Vikings' defense. And so I am toying with I'm toying with the idea of picking the Patriots in this game, believe it or not, Brady. I am. I'm toying with the idea also, Phil. And, and the question, though, for me is I, I'm with you. I think they can make life difficult for the Vikings' offense. So this game I do think will be low scoring. I think they can hold the Vikings to 10, 13, 14. But the question is, can the Patriots' offense score <laughs> the 17 needed to beat that output? That's a great question. I, I would say this. Uh, to me, the Jets' defense is better than the Vikings' defense. Yes. And the Vikings have uh, one of the worst red zone defenses in football. The Patriots have one of the re- worst red zone offenses in football. So that will be an interesting matchup to track. Here's another thing that, that may provide some optimism to Patriots fans as far as their offense is concerned. This weekend, not only did they just have what honestly was a statistically not bad day for their passing game against a very good, again, very good Jets defense and in some pretty difficult-to-throw conditions at Gillette Stadium. If Mac Jones, Brady, on average the rest of the season, goes for nine yards per attempt, which he was against the Jets, has a 105 quarterback rating, which he had against the Jets, I know they only scored three points offensively in that game, but that kind of day more often than not, will lead to more points than three on a week-to-week basis. I think if he can have a similar kind of game against the Vikings where he just doesn't put it into harm's way, that he can be just as effective, if not more so, because this defense, again, isn't quite as talented as the Jets. And maybe they do get to that 17-figure. The other thing that's interesting is Ed Donatel, who is the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, is part of the Vic Fangio coaching tree. And Vic Fangio is known for 
and, and really kind of being ahead of his time because we're seeing this everywhere in the league now, using a lot of two high safety coverages. And the Vikings are among the league leaders. They're actually fourth in the league when it comes to two high zone coverages. So cover two and cover four. Now, the reason that might be interesting to Patriots fans is for a team who's arguably best offensive player is Ramondre Stevenson, probably inarguable at this point, but for a team that would like to run the ball, that has good running backs, two high safety coverages are generally pretty forgiving defenses to try to run against because you have two safeties high. One of those safeties is not in the box to defend the run and not stacking the box with eight defenders. So the Vikings throw a lot of light boxes, quote unquote, at opposing offenses for the Patriots. They should be looking their chops, understanding that saying, if they're going to let us run, we would love to run because that's, you know, ostensibly what we do best. So again, I, I don't think it, it's going to lead to 30 points for the Patriots, but could it lead to 17? I, I think it could. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider with us here on the Brady Farkas show on this Wednesday on WDEV AM and FM WDEVradio.com. You know, Phil, does this, I, I think on paper, the Vikings have more talent than the Patriots, at least certainly top end talent. Does the short week serve as an equalizer for the team that's not as talented or does it give them less time to prepare something exotic needed to beat a more talented team. Here's where I think the short week actually benefits the Patriots. And it's not just the short week, but it's, it's the week before the short week. Patriots obviously played the Jets who they had a whole bye week to prepare for, but they didn't have to use the bye week to prepare for the Jets because they had just played the Jets. And so my understanding is they really got, some advanced work done on the Vikings during the bye week because they're much less familiar with Minnesota, obviously, and because they had just game planned for the Jets a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks prior to the bye. So, you know, every team, every front office has a scouting staff that is doing advanced work on every opponent. But again, my understanding is it went deeper than that for the Patriots in terms of their prep for the Vikings this weekend, the coaching staff getting involved in terms of, okay, what are, what are we thinking about for Minnesota? So, you know, Bill Belichick, I'm not sure would ever tell us that at the podium, you know, everything is about the, the next game and uh, they're hyper-focused on, on that day and that hour and whatever work has to be done in that moment. But they did look ahead. They looked ahead to Minnesota during their bye. And I'm not sure Minnesota could really afford to do the same thing because they were playing the Cowboys. Uh, who they are relatively unfamiliar with, and obviously a, a very good team in today's NFL. I think they're they're probably one of I don't know five or six best teams in the league right now. So I, that's where I think the Patriots have an advantage. Obviously, the, the Vikings have a rookie head coach, they have a rookie uh, general manager. So you know I, I think that maybe is an advantage for Bill Belichick and his staff, the fact that they've been through this before. But that prep that they were able to do that I'm not sure the Vikings would have been able to do. Um, you know, you know, in the same way, I think really could benefit the Patriots this weekend. I've said for a year and a half, I think that Mac Jones's ceiling is Kirk Cousins. And this year, the ceiling for Kirk has been pushed higher. He's playing the best he's ever played this year. When you look at Kirk Cousins on tape, do you think Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins are fair comparisons or are they lazy comparisons? No, I, I do think they're fair. I do, Brady. I just think that Mac Jones showed at least last year just how efficient he was, uh, the decisions that he made, and where he ended up in a lot of statistical categories, that he was kind of already in the Kirk Cousins class. And, you know, maybe that's a commentary on 
Mac Jones's ceiling and how quickly he was able to reach it and how limited it is. You know, if you're one of these people who says, well, Mac Jones kind of is what he is and, and he always will be that, um, you know, maybe you look at last year and say, yeah, good for him. He was in Kirk Cousins territory and that's where he'll be the rest of his career. I looked at it and said, well, if he can really vastly drastically improve based on what he did in his rookie year, now you're not talking about Kirk Cousins, but you're talking about, you know, maybe having a ceiling of, of another pocket style passer uh, who can have, you know, a consistent Pro Bowl level type of career here. Uh, and there's the, the problem with that is once you get past like the Kirk Cousins, some people will compare him to Derek Carr. I've heard Brady have heard that same similar comp too. Um, like th- there aren't many examples of true pocket passers outside of Tom Brady or Drew Brees, right, in the modern NFL game who are drastically head and shoulders above a Kirk Cousins. You know, I, I, would, put, I would put Cousins, I would put, you know, Matt Ryan of a couple of years ago, Derek Carr, I would put them all sort of in the same bucket. Uh, and I'm not sure that's enough to win it all in today's NFL. But I think you look at Cousins and the success the Vikings have had this year, and if they can somehow keep this going, I think this could be a big season for pocket quarterbacks that seem relatively average or only slightly above average, right? Because if Cousins proves that he can go and make a real run towards the Super Bowl this year with all the money that he's making, and if it just comes down to if you hit on a couple of the right pieces in the draft, whether it's Christian Darrisaw at left tackle or Justin Jefferson at receiver, and you have enough on both sides of the ball, maybe you're not great, but you have enough. If you can win with an average-ish quarterback in Kirk Cousins on $30 million a year, well, the Patriots should be able to do something even better than that with Mac Jones right now because, he's, to me, again, he's a similar player right now, and he's making much, much less money. So that should afford the Patriots all kinds of latitude in terms of adding talent to their roster. And, again, obviously, if you're a Patriots fan, you're hoping the Vikings lose this weekend. But I think – quietly you should be rooting for the Vikings the rest of the way because it might be a good indicator as to how far you can get with a pocket quarterback who has that kind of skill set. Phil, were you a video game guy growing up? Were you a Madden guy? I was. I was a, I was an everything guy. So I was Madden. I was a NFL Blitz Brady. I was NFL Fever for the uh, the original Xbox people out there. I really loved the NFL Fever game. I thought that was I thought that was better than Madden for for stretches. But yeah, to answer your question. So the reason why I ask is because I've used this analogy a bunch this year and I'll get you out of here on this because it might be genius, I think. So I think that I, I am one of the ones who says that Mac Jones is what Mac Jones is. I think Mac Jones came in largely polished. If he was a rookie in a video game, he would come in at a 71 rating, probably the best of all the rookies. But then by the end of his career, I think he's going to end up, you know, 73, 75, 77 incremental gains, and he'll end up at 81, whereas a Josh Allen comes in at 59 but can end up at 99 because there was just so where, so much where to go. Do you like my video game analogy for Mac? Uh, this is pretty good. I'm, I'm following. I'm tracking. It is making a lot of sense for me, and I, I think you may be on to something there with Mac in particular, Brady. I just think it's really difficult to know where that ceiling is when they have handled him the way they've handled him in his second year. And I'm not saying, you know, he would, he would ever get to a 99, right? Because his physical skill set is what it is. But, you know, I would say, and I mentioned this name before, and I don't, I'm not saying this is eventually what Mac Jones is or what he could become, but Drew Brees was a pocket quarterback with 
I would say, a relatively unimpressive physical skill set. Now, he was like uh, allegedly a world-class tennis player as a, as a young kid, and so he had, uh, I think he had really good pocket movement skills. Uh, I think Mac Jones is athletic enough, pre-high ankle injury, um, and, and showed it at times early this season with a, a couple of well-timed scrambles. Like, I think he's athletic enough to develop that, that kind of pocket movement where he's not making big plays with his legs, but he is buying himself time and keeping his eyes down the field. But his progression and his development has been so sidetracked by incorporating a new offense with a new language, with a coaching staff that is still getting its feet wet in terms of understanding how this whole thing works, that whether he eventually becomes a 78 or an 86 or a 90, because he's such a quick processor and he's so accurate with the football, even though his arm's not a, a cannon or, you know, I don't know what Drew Brees' highest rank was ever in Madden, but it was probably somewhere in the 90s. Like, you'll never know <laughs> if he could ever reach those heights if he continues to be surrounded by what he's surrounded by, uh, both on the sidelines and, I would say, in the huddle. Like, he needs more talent around him to get there. Like, I would love to know, Brady, like, where's Tua's quarterback ranking going to be this year? Is he going to shoot up to, to high 80s? Like, because I don't think he's that kind of physical talent. I think he's actually a pretty decent comp physically for Mac Jones in terms of where their strengths and weaknesses are. But he's got great talent in the huddle with him. He has a great offensive mind, a head coach, obviously, based on how the offense has performed this year. So it's that that impacts the quote-unquote rating, too. So that's, that's the issue for the Patriots is you haven't uh, – I would say – Sticking with the video game analogy, you're dealing with some some user error here <laughs> that, is, that is holding that is holding the development of your player back. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston Pats Insider, always with us on a Friday today, with us on a Wednesday, getting ready for Patriots and Vikings. Phil, have a great Thanksgiving. We're thankful for all you bring to the show and the time you make for us each week. Hope you have a great holiday, and we'll look forward to watching you guys on pre and post game live tomorrow night. I appreciate you, Brady. Have a great Thanksgiving and. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening.